country, country music. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm not cheersing your non-alcoholic beer. Whatever, man. Dry January. <laughs> That's bad luck. What's bad luck? Cheers, cheers. your non-alcoholic beer? Yeah. <laughs> well, cheersing without an alcoholic beverage. Really? Yeah. You're just making that up right now. No, it's a thing. Really? I think it might be cheersing with water is bad luck, but I'm I'm extending that to all non-alcoholic beverages. Huh. Mm-hmm. Because it's basically water? I guess, yeah. Especially, can, like, there's better non-alcoholic beers out there. Well, <laughs> there was a couple reasons that went into choosing this, uh, what is it called, Coors? Um, Edge? Edge. Uh, I'm also doing keto, so my carb intake <laughs> needs to be low and my fat intake needs to be high. So there's not a lot of fat in these beers. So mm. it was more or less choosing whichever one had the lowest carb content because <laughs> I knew I was going to need more than one <laughs> to get through this podcast. So lamest start to an episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start this over. <laughs> Have you tried? I don't want to make it more lame, but I might as well talk about it. Have you tried the Heineken 0.0? Yes. I like that one. Me too. And it's pretty low in sugar. Yeah. It was more than this. Yeah. I, I was literally being a mom in the <laughs> in the <laughs> drink aisle at the grocery store looking at carbs on beer. <laughs> I see you judging me, mom. <laughs> um, there are a lot of people doing the dry January thing. Yeah, this is my second year doing it, and I think I'm going to keep doing it. For, for me, it's just it's so important, I think, because I'm just so around alcohol for my work that... I don't know. It's it's nice to have a month where it just kind of yeah take a go step dry, back. detox, just make sure convince yourself so you're not an alcoholic. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> keep everything in balance. <laughs> it's 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 nice to know that like when you have to drink so often, you 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 feel like there's the possibility like oh maybe I'm becoming an alcoholic, uh-huh. but <laughs> that's that's not uh, from a place of frequency as much a place of like dependency. And so if I, if I ever feel like I need it, then I know I'm in trouble and I never, I I never do, but because I work with it, I just have it so often that I kind of second guess myself. And then last year was my first dry January ever. And I don't think I really craved it beyond like really go for a cold beer right now kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's good to check in with yourself every now and again, I guess Mm -hmm. I, I was, I did like the the week and change, maybe a week and a half after Christmas, but it was basically just I I couldn't eat or drink anymore because I just drank and ate so much over Christmas. Yeah, and then I got back back here, and I was just like, no, I'm not, no more drinking, no more. I, I ate, but I ate very healthy for like a week. But then there's two things that always happen in January for me, which is uh, me going on this Vegas trip and my birthday. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not. And there's no way I'm pulling off an entire dry January. Like you're not, I'm not spending a week in Vegas dry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a waste. A of work trip. trip at that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I, I hear you about after the holidays or during the holidays. It's like a holiday so hangover. M- oh my god, just so much drinking and so much eating. Like I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror towards <laughs> the end of it. It was like I can't wait to not drink, <laughs> and I can't wait to like diet, and not even diet like in the quote unquote like fad sense but something i did last year as well too is keto is a really good bit of a reset and uh it it worked well for me last year so i thought i'd throw that back on into my reset month where i just have like no fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely need but bacon is fun so like i get to eat a lot of fat on like guilty free 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know what that diet is. I've obviously heard of it, but uh, yeah, it's just where you have little to no carbs because your body first and foremost burns like carbohydrates, glucose, like sugars, carbohydrates, that whole world of nutrients first and fat, fat secondary. But if you cut out that whole carbohydrate, it forces your liver and your body to start processing fats instead. So you're also like leaning out and losing weight essentially while doing nothing. So if you just put in a high, it's almost like Atkins. If you put in like a really high fat intake and very little carb intake, your body has no choice but to burn fat. Huh. It's not a great long-term solution uh, unless you're like a, I think type two diabetics often do it as a long-term thing to keep blood sugar down or stable, but otherwise it's just a really great uh, leaning out weight loss type of thing. Not that um, I need to lose much weight, but (laughs) I'm glad it's working for you. Um, Contrary to this entire discussion, this is a a podcast about country music. (laughs) It's the healthy, healthy podcast. (laughs) We'll add that to the list of other podcasts that uh, we're creating. (laughs) (laughs) What was there? The Art Art Podcast? Yeah, there was uh, the Art Art Podcast. There was Farming. There was a farming Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. we talked about. Well, we might touch on that again today a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Oh, boy. But the the core is that, like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I don't... This is is not bad. Here, taste this. Non-alcoholic beer. I I think I might be on the verge of getting sick or something, so I don't want to... Uh, ruin your diet (laughs) you're getting sick sick. (laughs) that's right um no it's a good option i've done it before when i've had gigs or something and i'm like it's a long day and everybody's drinking and i don't want to be hammered by the time i'm playing so i've done i've gone that route where i've just been drinking non-alcoholics and nobody really notices which is great because then Mm. i find it's like that stigma of drinking non-alcoholic beer or not or abstaining or whatever it's like people do not make it easy for you to not drink huh. <laughs> it's like, like if you're out somewhere yeah oh yeah especially if you're a musician or you're out at a bar like i go out very little this month yeah yeah exactly you, you want to stay in because you don't want to have to deal with it yeah that's right so if you're out there and your friend is trying to do a dry january don't harass them <laughs> harass them about it yeah although i think i harassed the shit out of you last january you did. <laughs> and I think I actually ruined your dry January. You did. Uh, but luckily, I think it was on the second last day or something <laughs> oh, like okay. that, where I was like, ah, fuck it, all right. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh, you're not doing it this time. No, I'll support you wholeheartedly this time. But I mean, we, do, we, we do build in cheat days, and not for like a purpose of, oh, man, I really need a beer. I've been good. I can have a cheat day like people do on diets or something. Like, I worked out a lot, so I can have a pizza now or something. Uh, it's like if like uh, Amelia's family got us uh, tickets to an event in Montreal, so it's like, well, we're not, and it has to be in January. Yeah. So we're like, I'm not going to Montreal, like the best dining and like bar and restaurant city in Canada, one of the best in North America. I'm not going there with like a hotel and event and everything, and not going out for like a great dinner. And what's the event? Uh, it's not an event actually. It is a art exhibit, and it's not Monet, uh, Van Gogh. It's a like an interactive Van Gogh experience. Huh. <laughs> wow, a rare bark from Bain. <laughs> our uh, our assistant executive producer really likes Van Gogh, apparently, <laughs> or doesn't. <laughs> He's judging me. <laughs> so, anyways, we've got this thing we're doing there, and then we're gonna spend the night. So that's clearly a off day for the dry January. 
Well, what uh, we haven't caught up in a while. I think I don't think either of us is locked and loaded with our best of and worst of lists. So no, we're pushing we'll that to next time. Do a little catch up. We're a little late to the game on the the best of, but uh, I think everybody uh, will still probably enjoy it when we do put that episode out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've, I've got most of mine uh, secured, but I just need to do a little bit more deciding. I have nothing, nothing done. I was so lazy with the week I was off, and then last week was just, or this week. Yeah. I'm a little jet-lagged right now. But, yeah, I had no time for anything when I was in Vegas, and the week before was just spent, you know, on the couch at my mom's house, drinking yeah. and eating, as yeah, yeah. previously mentioned, <laughs> where well, I should have been doing research. But <laughs> <laughs> My worst of list is not at all compiled yet, but I think I have, like, the top three of the top five of um, – best of singles and best of records the worst of stuff is hilarious but sometimes i feel a little bit bit bad about it like i don't love bad melving uh artists or musicians but i think some are just like there's such supreme high levels of cheese out there that it's like yeah it's they know what's getting made fun or of. or things that like singularly do not belong in the genre yeah that like and it, you can probably predict what my top five worst are going to be <laughs> just by having listened to this podcast. So yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to be much of a surprise. <laughs> do you want to, want to just dive or what, what, what do you got? I, uh, I don't I haven't, I've really been off grid like the last two weeks, not paying attention to anything. So that's all um, right. But I do have a couple of little things that I was getting caught up on the music world today. And I thought start on a good positive note. Um, especially as I s- just spent the afternoon at the vet, getting Bane's paw looked at for whatever the hell happened. Um, but uh, I saw a cool story early from a couple of weeks, uh, maybe like a week ago, um, that Tyler Childers, who we all know I like to talk about, uh, he visited an animal shelter in Kentucky, which is his home state. And basically, it's a really strange story um, how it came out. But where he grew up uh, in eastern Kentucky, there was this, uh, and just, bear with me here because <laughs> it's the kind of a roundabout story but yeah. uh there was this uh lawyer who used to uh he was one of the nation's biggest social security disability uh he ran one of the biggest practices for that um and this lawyer his name was eric Kahn, was a as the article says a colorful tireless promoter he rented billboards around the region with life-size mannequins of himself sitting on top and sent attractive young women some called them con hotties to public events with cardboard cutouts of himself i guess to promote his Legal practice. Hmm. Um, the practice l- later failed uh, amid allegations of massive fraud. The guy's in prison now, all this stuff. Serving like a 27-year prison sentence. Uh, this is a roundabout story. <laughs> so what happened was Childers wanted uh, the big like statues or f- signs, billboards that this guy made of himself with like life-size. Because I guess it was like a joke when they were younger. Uh, presumably, presumably for a video shoot or, or something funny like that. But... Uh, so I guess he was in touch with uh, some someone from the region who he thought maybe could help him find this this stuff, these cutouts. And uh, it was uh, a publicist for the singer had reached out um, to someone in the region. And this person happened to be connected with um, this animal shelter as well. So I guess just sort of in, in discussions, uh, they brought it up like, could you come down, help promote? We're doing like a big adoption drive for the, uh, for the animal shelter. And so... Childers went down there, and yeah, it really, really helped. They got a bunch more donations. Their calls were up, like, you know, two, three hundred calls in a day, more than they're usually getting. Uh, he posed for publicity photos. 
uh, all kinds of stuff that really help with the an animal shelter. So I thought that was really awesome. One of my favorite artists, like doing something really cool for an animal shelter. And then, yeah, I was reading a little bit more too. And animals are close to our heart. Yeah, exactly. As you, as we have several of them. <laughs> yeah, as you just heard one barking. <laughs> what that was, the one lone bark. Yeah. <laughs> as you should have, if you would have barked during this, me telling this story, that would have been really awesome. That would have been a good shout out. <laughs> yeah, and then I just, you know, went down the the rabbit hole a little bit, and he's Tower Childers has done quite a bit of charitable stuff around uh, that region, um, donating bottled water and areas that didn't have clean water and. Lots of different stuff. Uh, so that's always nice to hear that an artist that you like is also, you know, a little charitable. I'm surprised he's that big of a deal already, like financially, to be doing so much charity. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of funny too because because he's he's starting to be famous now. He's not a household name yet, and no. he's certainly not like a, a superstar, like a big deal. That well, and it was funny too because one of the people from the shelters. I'm just trying to find. Uh, uh, the quote, but uh, oh yeah, so basically she she had no idea who he was. So he like everyone was like, we need to get this guy down here, and she's never heard his mu music <laughs> anything. She, and she just kind of goes off on how much of a nice guy he was, and he's obviously not a celebrity type, you know, attitude or anything like that. And then she's just like constantly, she's like every single person I talked to yes, after was just Tyler like Tyler Childers <laughs> was such a nice young man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then everyone was just like, oh my god, you met Tyler? She said was like the typical response. Um, but she said, yeah, she was so busy at the shelter that day she didn't even think to get his autograph. But I mean, autographs is, I don't know. And then he That's did such an antiquated notion, eh? Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like think I've ever gotten anybody's autograph. I think I did way back, like when I was in high school, like meeting some bands with like a picture and whatnot. But I feel like maybe the selfie is the modern day version of the autograph. It's a very astute observation and I would say 100% accurate. Because I was just thinking like you don't really see apart from like at like some red carpet event, like some people signing shit like on the way in or out of somewhere, but it's not like really a big deal anymore. If you meet someone famous like 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you'd be like, oh my God, Elvis, can I have your <laughs> autograph? But like now it would be like, hold on, can we have a selfie? Well, because it's just, all it really is, is it's about proof, right? That you you right. met that person. Yeah, true. And the selfie is, I guess you're right, it's the new new autograph. Yeah, even better because it includes you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was just something popped into my head. When I see this a lot, when a celebrity passes away or a musician passes away, I kind of hate the trend of everybody posting whatever s if they've gotten a selfie with that person because mm. it's like you're not you're just trying to push yourself more you're promoting yourself with a picture of someone who just died saying that that's why you're that you know you're so upset over this but it's like you still managed to sneak a photo of yourself in there so I shouldn't post the selfie of me and the Sultan of Oman <laughs> <laughs> too soon <laughs> no it took me a, a second <laughs> You don't do that, and I won't post the selfie of me and uh, the drummer from uh, Rush. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well played. Oh, Moving man. on. <laughs> we probably just we just pissed off Rush fans and Iranians. The uh, no Omans. Oh, oh. Omanians. <laughs> Omanians. Omanians. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're thinking of a. I'm I'm not talking about like the Iran attacks. Uh, oh, who you I don't know who you're talking about then. Oh yeah, the the Sultan of Oman. Uh, died today just like he as oh, right. of okay. old age that. just passed away <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not i'm not making war jokes all right i'm yeah. a little jet lagged not, yeah, I'm a little not, jet lagged so i didn't catch what you're saying not trying to be political <laughs> oh god can we just move on <laughs> oh, 
oh man, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to drink this beer. Luckily, it's a podcast and it doesn't matter what I do with my hands. <laughs> and you can just drink all the beer you want. Uh, so something I want to talk about today, I need to uh, circle back on something that we talked about, I think in the last podcast or the, the second last podcast. Um, had a bit of a existential crisis uh, regarding new country music and particularly uh, Jenna Paulette. And we posted about her on Instagram and we were talking about it in the last episode. I guess I think the way that I brought it up last time was I think I said, well, I didn't hate it. <laughs> and that, and that, that was a very early like first few listens stream of consciousness type of conversation that we were having. Um, and I think you joked that we were like a country, you were like a country music therapist for me, helping me through like a <laughs> honky tonk existential crisis. Um, because I, I feel like I'd seen her across social media in the past, but I never really like actually clicked and listened to the music. And when I did, the music was so seem, at least on first listen, seemingly so different from what her Instagram and aesthetic and everything was. And so it just threw me into this, like, what's going on here? Um, because I couldn't disavow it because it was better than just like your average run of the mill pop, but it wasn't exactly what I expected in the very traditional, like West Texas, like ranching type of, it looks like a female George Strait. So I, I need to circle back on this. And I listened to a few pa podcasts that she was on and watched some more of her videos this Jenna Paulette dichotomy that was somehow legitimately melded together was really tugging at me. Um, the production is so pop that generally it would be put outside of a real country conversation for me, but the songwriting, the lyrics, the themes, her voice, and of course, lots of pedal steel make it very country. And it got me thinking about what's the difference between this and pop, quote unquote, pop country, like Kelsey Ballerini or Dustin Lynch or something like that musically. Um, some of it was like the sincerity of her lyrical content and the real themes that it looks like and sounds like she's lived, but the pedal steel that's always there in these songs. And it's so key to her sound, I think, or at least to my ears in keeping her sound like really country. If you take that pedal steel away from the studio production of any of her songs, I'm probably like, Mm, no, not into it. But then take the whole production away and strip it down to just her voice and an acoustic. And then I'm like, yeah, again, this is, I, I'm into this. And she has several videos on Instagram and I think YouTube probably of her stripped down acoustic versions. And they're so great. So thinking about this, um, like I think about way too much about country music, I needed to understand this uh, seeming dichotomy a little bit more. I think you're trying too hard to like her. Well, I don't know. Or, or, okay. Okay. Or you need to just admit that her music's not country and you like her, which is totally fine because we're allowed to like other music. I feel like steel guitar has, it's pulling the wool over your eyes, so to speak. You, you're equating it to country music because there's steel in it. And you you could dissect any artist that's making, first of all, I think she's making pretty much whatever the female equivalent of bro country is. Songs like F-150 and Blue Jeans, it's pandering. 
because I gave it a good long listen today. I don't think it's pandering. I think it's pandering. Why? Why is it pandering? Because there, it's just the same. I like. I'm amazed that you said you talked about her songwriting because I don't. I don't think it's that strong, and you that you would even draw a parallel to someone like George Strait when it's. She, there's a, she has an entire song about F-150s. So let, let me correct myself there. <laughs> the parallel I was drawing to George Strait was aesthetically. Okay. Like looking at her, like looking at her Instagram and everything. You're like, shit, what is this? Who is this? And then you listen to it and it's like, oh, wait a second. But then on further listen, I, I see what you're saying about like, I want to like it, but it's not because pedal steel. Like there's tons of things that have pedal steel. Like my wife will always try to throw all kinds of more pop or Americana stuff at me that I don't like. And she's like, but there's pedal steel in it. And <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> that doesn't make me like it. Uh, but in certain cases, I feel like that's what lends that legitimacy. So like, so I started digging in a little bit more, uh, checking out her Instagram and like her online profiles and stuff like that, her website and uh, listen to a few podcasts. And she's like fully this legit Texas country girl. Um, like F-150 is not like a contrived song that like some city chick is writing and doing for, I don't know, fake aesthetic purposes. Um, she grew up spending time on her father's like 16 or grandfather's 1600 acre ranch, uh, like right on the Oklahoma and Texas border, uh, doing the whole ranching thing with her grandfather and uncles running cattle, branding, calving, castrating, getting right in there, learning, helping out. And she, uh, even had a quote of like, I just fell in love with it. I just love everything about a cow. <laughs> well, what, what, yes, okay. So, so wh- which if Sam Hunt wrote this F-150 song and performed it, this was one of his singles. What would you be saying? If if Sam Hunt's sound sounded like that, if it had if it melded it the same way that she does, and like l- l- let me get to those thoughts because I've I've thought that out a little bit too. Okay. Let's circle back to that. I, I will clarify one thing, and because I'm just sort of trying to offer objective opinion here. When I did give this a a long listen today, like just put it on Spotify Shuffle, I did not enjoy it, but. The, I guess the objective point I'm making is I don't really feel it's that country at all. I think she's a talented artist. I enjoyed a few of the songs. I like a lot of pop music, so you know there was some bass-heavy stuff that I thought was pretty cool. And then yeah, that steel guitar did romanticize it a bit for me too, where I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I think it ties it together. Yeah, like Sam Hunt doesn't have that ever and if it does it's so low in the mix and there's no steel solos ever in sam hunt so like play therapist for me again if you will let's have like (laughs) therapy session 2.0 um anyway so she's she's from there and does that thing and loves cows Side note, I wonder if she <laughs> <laughs> loves cows. That's the, <laughs> but I, I wonder if she knows, uh, knows Corb or knows about Corb's music because like that guy's got a lot of songs about cows. Like I feel like she'd be into that. Does she have a lot of songs about cows? No, I don't think she does. This, this is just some 
some things I heard her say talking about how much she loves cows. Uh, anyways, uh, so all these themes is are this like the point. No, no, no. The, the, all these themes. My point is all these themes were like a legit part of her upbringing. Uh, she's not just putting it on. She's it's it's not a costume for her or or something. She's like romantically making up and singing about like she she's lived it. It's it's legit. And that was one of my thoughts and questions. And the last time we were talking about it when I didn't really know anything about her. Um, but she points out that her own family grew up in Dallas. Uh, this was her grandfather's ranch in North Texas. So that's where she got the cosmopolitan fashion, pop music side of her personality. And her sound is a combination of those two things. So I think something that draws me to this, which I, I think in a roundabout way is maybe what you're getting at too, is like this evolution kind of reminds me of myself as well. And like you've brought up before, Sean, like when you poached my personal Instagram handle for your Tinder profile, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I was kind of only half listening to you there, uh, and yeah, it just got to come. You're guard. like, oh yeah, yeah, I did that. <laughs> that was a real creepy laugh. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, for years my motto has been equal parts down home and downtown, which is something that Sean thought would help him get ladies, and it has. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's a reference to the split personality that I've developed. Uh, that's uh, for me equally country, but equally downtown metropolitan. Um, growing up on a farm in southwestern Ontario, like working there my whole life until I was 20, then going off to university and getting a job after in the fancy world of wine with dining and restaurants and, and travel. Like it's, it's all become a big part of my personality, but like hardcore country and everything that comes with that, the love of outdoors, uh, the work ethic, hunting, fishing, of course, like traditional country music, all of that on one hand, but now a career um, in like downtown working as a wine agent, a sommelier with like wine restaurants, all this type of stuff is very like cosmopolitan and Metro. And these two are like equal parts, the down home and downtown. So when she's talking about like working on her grandfather's ranch and all everything she learned, learned there and loving that and how much she loves cattle. Um, but then growing up in Dallas and having this like pop appreciation side to her personality um, that really, re really resonates for me. And like, I even think about like, that's maybe a reason why I bought Sweet Pea, like my old, like 1970 Ford F100, because driving that around downtown Ottawa, like maybe helps me keep my chi <laughs> in balance uh, when I'm, when I'm too much in the city. Uh, anyways, I see that same kind of thing, uh, with what she's doing. And I heard her describe it in various ways saying like when she was first in Nashville, people would see, only see the ranching side of her and picture these songs that she thought were super great, but very traditional songs. And she was like, these are great songs, but they aren't great songs for me. And she's not being entirely herself as just like trying to be a female George Strait with super traditional music and songwriting that like she grew up with uh, she needs that downtown Dallas part for her pop background and I think that's what I love about how she melds it that it's not just go to Nashville be a pop artist like most of the other shit on the radio right now she keeps her content real 
adds the pop production, but makes sure to keep a very healthy dose of that pedal steel to keep her tied to that like George Strait side instrumentally too. And her multiple references to George, like George himself or like Marina Del Rey and everything, like just keep that firmly noted that this is what she's trying to get at. And and she calls this sound uh, the New West, a mix of modern and traditional, which, which I kind of like that she's going out of the way to call it something different, not so it's not just going to be mixed into like, quote unquote, pop country. Is she on a major? Who is she signed to? I don't know who she signed to. I don't think it's major because she's she just put out an EP. There was a bunch of singles, but uh, it just I I appreciate you know what she's doing. I get it. Mixing, it's trying to mix. I think you said it at some point, maybe over text or something, or maybe we talked about it. Uh, but it's just sort of, I guess where, like where pop should kind of meet country. I guess. Yeah. But it it does feel. She seems so polished when I look at her social media and that kind of stuff. It does feel, I guess, I don't want to say contrived because I think it's kind of a harsh word. Uh, and I do have a lot of respect for the entire package that she's putting together there because I, I think it's not as bro country as, like, it's not catering to, like, the lowest common denominator. Like, you're right, the songs are, are some of them are well-written. I, I I don't care for that F-150 song. But some of the <laughs> other songs, I think there was one called Wild Like the West. Yeah. I like that song. And yeah, I guess I'm just trying to muddle my way through this right now. And But I just, it feels like it could be a little bit contrived. But as I say those words, I start to think of like, what what's not contrived? No one's No one's presenting a package in any way, shape, or form of music that's really hasn't been contrived at some point. Yeah. Like someone came up with the concept for, Tyler Childers, someone came up with a concept for, yep. uh, I don't know who else I'm thinking, any artist really. But, you know, I, I think I just, sometimes this stuff, I haven't digested it that much. I just kind of started, as you mentioned it to me today, I, I started to listen to, to some of her records. But I don't know, something about it just seems. Well, I, I think that's what I was hung up on in the beginning myself. Like when you look at the Instagram. And so like I'm the like two weeks behind out, you? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Dig into it a little more. But like, I think that if she had never actually been on a ranch and never lived that or worked that, then I'd be with you too. But the fact that she does and like. But why does that make it? Because it's not contrived because that's like her, her sincerity, her authentic self. Like she's not putting on a cowboy hat and going and doing a photo shoot on horses. Like she she lives while well, her grandfather lives on a ranch and like works on a ranch. By the way, I think he just passed away last week. So our yeah our, our condolences, uh, condolences sure. to uh, the Paulette family. I, I wonder if Paulette's actually her last name. Well, you never great. know when it's uh, when it's like two when it's a first name <laughs> first name last name, but. Um, like mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Someone in airport security threw me for a real loop the other day. And they said, she goes, she's looking at my passport and she says, my dad told me never to trust a man with two first names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not used to them joking, right? So I was yeah. like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going through, I don't know, I don't mean to sidebar this too much, but I had gotten for some reason this like secondary security screening thing on my, uh, on my boarding pass this time around on the way to Vegas. 
So it and was she like, said that when you were in secondary yeah. screening. Yeah. <laughs> and the secondary screening is just basically they're doing like either you the got screened down. because you have two first names. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I don't mean I wasn't in like that customs room. I was just uh, like where they do they make you do the scan. Oh right, right. And they right. like swab everything. Yeah. Like your luggage. Yeah, yeah. They weren't like you know. Yeah. Rubber gloves or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> Anyways, um, the, the fact that she is like authentically from that, I think, takes away the possibility of it being contrived. But why? Me, why does that make it okay? So bear with me here. So take someone else, like a like a male pop country artist, and I mean, correct me because I don't pay a ton of attention to this, but I don't think a lot of them are are. Are they really sitting there like acting like they're ranchers or like they love cows? Like, aren't they all trying to live like the rapper lifestyle? Like, yeah, and but that we're we're not we're not even starting to have a conversation about them being like sincere, authentic, or real in country. They're like they're entirely just disavowed. Yeah. So why does that? Why is that bad? She's making similar music, but she grew up on a ranch, so it's fine. Um, I'm not only speaking musically. I'm talking about her whole package, the aesthetic, like the dress, like what you were talking about, Instagram. Uh, but should like that even be of her in the music. conversation? Sure. Everything is like a whole package. So what if you didn't like the music then? Would it still have some redeeming qualities because no. she was a rancher? No, then she just has shitty music. <laughs> and a ranch. Yeah. Just <laughs> some kind of cool looking chick that has <laughs> shitty music and a grandfather's ranch. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah, like think of it this way, like in terms of like the the authenticity or the cred that comes from what you've lived. Like if I am who I am, like grew up on a farm, live in a medium to large size city, but n- say I wanted to become a, a, a rap artist and I started writing these great or maybe not great songs about growing up in the hood and like selling drugs and like a, a lot of like these hardcore like ga- gangster rap themes you like i i know this genre because i like it and i've listened to it my whole life but i have like absolutely zero connection or credibility to it but if i tried to and you looked at me you're like the fuck do you know about this you didn't grow up you didn't do this like you have like no draw or connection to this and I'm like, no, fair enough. But if I had, <laughs> if I had, if I grew up in like a hardcore part of Toronto or something. I was something, trying to picture that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I grew up at Jane and Finch in Toronto and I was like a legit drug dealer and everything, like, then you'd be like, oh, okay, well, the story kind of checks out. So let me unpack this a little bit. Okay. So you're basically, you're giving her more leeway in terms of, or, I don't want to say leeway. No. More like you're giving her music more of a shot in your mind because of all the image first stuff that you saw. So you feel that her roots are legitimate. So you're giving her a bit more of a free pass to air on the pop side of things and still have a steel guitar in the mix that's sort of tying it together. Kind of minus the language around free pass. So I think it was the... Maybe you're being more generous with... Or maybe she is able to change my mind because she's not just like a Kelsey Ballerini or somebody. It's like, oh, wait, this is like a real legit, like serious country chick. And when you listen to the music, the production is very pop, but the words, the themes, and then like that's very country. And then there's the pedal steel and everything on top where I start to think, 
when I first heard it, it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> it does not compute. Yeah, it does not compute. Like, <laughs> meltdown. Um, but then when I really started to listen to the lyrics and then being like, is that a fucking pedal steel solo? Like, what? And it's just, like, made me think so much more. And I I know that, like, it's country music is an evolution. And like, th- think about all of the different elements that have come from various different musics. And we, we've lightly talked about this in past episodes before. But even th- forget about the evolutions in the 60s and 70s and everything, or else we'd just be still listening to, like, Hank Sr. style music today as, like, pure country. But think about, like, even after George Strait brought back, quote-unquote, hard country or real country with the neo-traditional movement in the 80s, but think about the 90s. Like, the criticism at the time was that Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn were all pop. Like, they were not real country because they were too rock. There was too many electric guitar solos, like rock drumming, rock beats. And people, like purists, didn't see it as real country. Some people still say that about that. Like, Garth Brooks, like, I don't like pop country like Garth Brooks. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is some of, like, the most country shit there ever was. But if you think about... I don't like Garth Brooks, but I'm not going to... I just don't like him. Yeah, I know. Fair (laughs) enough. Think think of Alan Jackson or Brooks and Dunn then. Yeah. And, And you... You think that that when you you zoom out the perspective a little bit and think a little outside of the box of what's happening at the moment, yes, that was borrowing more rock elements. We had just done like a huge episode on people like Brent Mason, that like one of the greatest country guitarists of all time, but very rock in his influence super country guitar player maybe the best ever but very rock influenced as well and he brought that sound to so much of that music of that era and that would have been part of the criticism of like well this isn't country this is like rock music now and if you look at it now 20 30 years later it's some of the best shit there ever was so knowing that everything evolves um i i don't think that the pop country that we've seen of like the late 2000s through to now, all of the, what Luke Bryan became and Dustin Lynch and Kelsey Ballerini, who I keep picking on, but like that is just to me, pop music masquerading on a country station. Like there's nothing redeemingly country about it. The lyrics aren't particularly, they might mention a back road. The image, the imagery is country. What? They all, like, it's like, hey, girl, blowing up my cell phone, everything. Like, it's at, at best, it's like, hey, slide up, hop up, slide up into the pickup truck. And then it's like further to, than that. What it's kind like, of pickup truck? Like an F-150? They're not even that specific. <laughs> they're not even that specific. <laughs> but what I was about to say also, I see where you're going with that. With your sly eye across the table there, calling my bullshit. Um, my arms crossed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it also like comes with such a broy misogyny and like to see like a female taking that same trope and doing it better and doing it from a place of like that's what she's lived and that's like what home is like i i don't know that's that much more authentic to me and and i like and i think part of it it's not that this is getting a free pass it's that it's changing my mind on how um the next evolution of country should go 
because we can all say we want it to not change and I want George Strait forever and you want Tyler Childers forever and like that that will be like a definition of it, sorry Tyler Childers is a bad example because he is modern but like I well no I think it's actually a good example because it's sort of drawing a parallel saying the same thing like we I'm the same as you I don't want things not to change like I think the it definitely needs to evolve and someone like Tyler Childers or Sturgill Simpson um they are like they've changed the sound as well they're not traditionalists well yeah and that's the thing is Sturgill Simpson like he's arguably not even a country artist anymore no 100% and and so like all the we both like shit tons of very country country hardcore like western swing or texas country or whatever artists that are underground and frankly will probably never be a big deal because that more antiquated traditional sound is awesome for those that love it but it's not going to be the commercial success like if you grew up listening to whalen and and love it or like hank senior or whatever you can have your throwback band and like record a album or something but like you're never gonna be like top 40 and like make major money and and that's not to say everybody wants to do that but staying traditional and not evolving is one thing but if there is someone who wants to be the next type of thing i find that too many people are just are trying to steal from pop music without actually evolving country yeah we we've you know we've discussed this before um we talked about bridging the gap sometimes and i agree that it it is nice to see artists like this uh, well, I don't know what her level of commercial success is, but not too big. It, She's it pretty, would be nice. To, new. It would be nice to see an artist like this achieve some commercial success because you're right. It's not exactly the brainless like pop music that's just stealing elements from the country genre in order to you know further itself and sell records. Yeah. Uh, sh- so I guess I'm coming around a little bit to your point that she's you know she's rooted uh, in country and she's just progressing the sound. It's always nice to see, you know, artists gain some sort of success. So, you know, I would like to, that would make me happy. Well, that's another thing I like about her. I like how self-aware she is. Um, clearly, both a traditional gal and a modern lady at the same time. Um, but she doesn't want to be either exclusively, um, needing to be uniquely her her own thing and coining this moniker for herself, the New West. Um, is kind that of, a record label, New West? Uh, is it? I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is New West Records. Okay. So anyways, she stole <laughs> that from New West Records. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think she's on New West uh, as an artist, but maybe she is. I don't know. I didn't look into that. But either way, uh, to me, this is kind of her own equal parts down home and downtown. And maybe that's why I like it so much. It's not just like club beat, snap track, pop song. Um, and she, she had a great quote saying... And so you will hear very modern kind of pop sounds with my music, but you'll also hear very traditional pedal steel that you would hear on like a George Strait record. But it's the combination of those two things that make me, me. And if you leave one of them out, mm, I can't really get behind it. So like, like her F-150 song and video that you keep talking about, like it's pretty much me and my wife and how we do like, the lyrics to that song, like, and it's not in that broy, almost misogynist, hey girl, hop in the truck. Like, it's coming from her perspective. And, like, Amelia only rides in the middle seat. <laughs> like, 
she it's a bench seat and she always slides in and like wants to sit there right next because you you, you can't in a usual car or in a modern car and I don't know I, and a couple of her videos were shot in Marfa and that's where Amelia and I were engaged so this is like a very special place to me and so I, I don't know those are the other parts of her that I'm are really speaking to me specifically but all of that outside of the music um I don't know I think I'm just saying that this is the best thing to happen to new pop country in a very long time. Well, we certainly just gave her a lot of plugs one way or another. <laughs> She's either going to love or hate this if she ever listens to it. Yeah, I think it was a very fair like dissection of her music, which we tend to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like we we, we never want to like attack anybody or like speak out of turn or anything, but just uh, as major country fans, but also as musicians uh, looking at various artists and new artists and seeing the cool different directions they're going in or the terrible directions they're going in in some cases. But uh, anyways, that's, that's all I have to say. End of rant. Okay. But please, Jenna, never get rid of the pedal steel. <laughs> it's so <laughs> I agree important to that sound. I yeah. agree whole. And I will, I will continue listening and, you know, see where uh see where i find myself in two weeks since it seems like i'm about two weeks behind you on this so <laughs> who knows maybe i'll be singing a different tune in in a couple of weeks um but like i said i i did enjoy your music i just think we just are maybe in different places um in terms of our uh opinions on it i guess at this point it's not really a love or hate it type thing i think it's just i'm still sort of under trying to understand where it falls in the scope of country music yeah, that's that's what started this whole thing for me. And now I think I know what how I feel about it, which I really like it and respect it for what I've come to see it as, but So, we'll I, see what you think in a couple of weeks. I figured from here I might um jump into I stumbled across uh an article about uh Jennifer Nettles and her outfit that she had worn to the CMAs, which is kind of old news. We, we what did it say again? She opened it up and it said something about like... Yeah, it was like a cool like cape and it said, uh, play our fucking records, right, please right. and thank you. Right, right, right. And uh, so, yeah, kind of old news, but I wanted to circle back to it because, you know, uh, she, this article is very recent and uh, she makes some pretty good points about it. So she, for anyone who didn't see this, she wore this outfit that said, play your fucking records, please, and thank you. It was like kind of a cape thing that she had designed specifically for that. And she walked out onto the red carpet and then opened it up so everybody could, could see it. And uh, it's this whole campaign um, that she's been doing called Equal Play, trying to get equal representation for uh, female artists on country music radio and sort of just music in general. Um, but what I wanted to talk about more specifically is uh, she had – was talking a little bit about uh, algorithms and things like that. And she mentions uh, in the article is how big data is affecting, uh, not necessarily for the better, uh, the culture music. And she goes on to say radio programming is based on algorithms, which is basically a bias set to numbers. You can go in and code for diversity and equality, but you have to care enough to do it. An example was uh, this at play when big data really started to become a part of the country music industry. There was this bro country trend that trended that created a bias toward males art male artists, and she said, "I would have loved if big data had come in during a time when women were really celebrated, when we mm, had Faith Hill, good Martina point. McBride, Shania Twain topping the charts." Uh, she says, "People use algorithms to justify their own belief systems, uh, their own systems of belief, rather than analyze the truth. They look at the numbers and say, well, people turn the channel whenever they hear a woman sing.'" 
and it's she goes on to say no they turn the channel when they don't when they hear something they don't recognize because people have an inherent bias towards familiarity and she that's said, a good point yeah i thought that was an excellent point too yeah. she said people don't have familiarity with uh women on country radio because they're not played if they were familiar with the song they'd like it if you just played it more it would fix the problem but therein lies the challenge so I, I thought that was all really good data i think we touched on a lot of that when we did our interview with uh jada uh, jada watson was one of our old uh, episodes maybe seven or eight episodes ago or maybe longer yeah uh, so good episode to check out if you're interested in this. Uh, another thing I did see though, and th- I thought this was kind of cool, is uh, she just started a Jennifer Nettles that has started a partnership with uh, Secret Deodorant. And I'm I'm always a little bit wary of these corporate sponsorship type deals, but it sounds inherently pretty altruistic, I guess. Um, so they have a fantastic initiative that they launched with the nonprofit Women in Music uh, that's aimed at supporting females in the industry. Uh, so in addition to using women composers for their ads, Secret will provide 250 women with memberships uh, to Women in Music, which offers mentorship and access to industry events. And one woman will have her music featured in one of their commercials. So this is a big campaign uh, that Jennifer Nettles is doing uh, with Secret as well, which I think They should combine that campaign with a Ford F-150 campaign, <laughs> and we've got Jenna Paulette <laughs> rocking the shit out of that. Way to tie it all together. Yeah, see? This is what <laughs> I, like I do. This is I why like I get that. the big bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, the slogan for this, which I thought was pretty clever, was uh, the things equal I think work. Of, <laughs> the things I think of when I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm getting super sober drinking these. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. It's never good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the slogan for this whole campaign, which I thought was kind of clever, was equal work, equal sweat, equal pay. Mm. Equal play, sorry, not pay. Yeah. I think they want equal that pay too. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no one's getting paid if their music's not being yeah, played. Right, so yeah. Plays equal pays. Yeah. Let the, the play will come first, then the pay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I've got for today. I wanted to talk about one other funny thing I found. Uh, I don't know. How, how up to date are you on that Dolly Parton uh, podcast? I finished it. Okay. So you probably heard this where... <laughs> She talks about uh, basically that she's recorded enough material. Oh, yeah. And she's done yeah, a lot of cool it idea. just to like click tracks and yeah. things like that. that will leave it open to like other composers yeah. and other artists to it's like really jump cool onto idea. it so that she can posthumously. Posthumously. Out, posthumously. What did I just say? Posthumously? Yeah. Posthumously. And um, I only correct you because we had a discussion about that like four or five episodes. Did ago. I say it wrong that time too? Well, you said you didn't know how to say it. Oh. And then it was like, it's one that always messed with me, too. It's like posthumously? <laughs> posthumously makes more sense than posthumously. Right. But it's one of those things that like gets pronounced weirdly or always has. <laughs> like, have you ever heard anyone say posthumously? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> and then and then I've, I've, you always hear people say like posthumously, but I don't think you think that it's spelled like posthumous. I don't know. Never mind. Anyway, she wants to record her music after her death. <laughs> you know, post. <laughs> post. Post alive. <laughs> post living, yes. Um, so, yeah, she says, I've got hundreds, hundreds, even thousands of songs, a big part of them never uh, even being recorded. There's enough stuff to go on forever with my music to do compilation albums, to do new and original stuff. I'm purposely trying to put songs down uh, for that very purpose, to have a click track and my vocals where any arrangements could be done. Yeah, in any kind of genre. Yeah, that that would be really interesting. And she's such a prolific artist that has fans in every single type of subculture and genre. That that's yeah, that's just leaving things open for really interesting projects. It's yeah, it's so cool. And to have that sort of foresight, 
Yeah, I, I don't even like yes foresight, but also just a lot of people don't want to really even talk about their own mortality to that way, right? Like you're not you're thinking so selflessly. You know how much people enjoy your music yeah. that you are actually recording it so that once you're gone, you know, people are still going to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty cool. She says any producer anywhere in the world when I'm gone, they could take my songs uh, just the click track and my vocal and build a complete arrangement around that style. Uh, that will go on forever. It's just like, I don't know. If there's anyone who's going to l- figure out how to live forever and to be able to pay for it, it's going to be her. Yeah. I, and If it's not Mr. Burns, it's her. <laughs> Spruce. Spruce moose. Spruce. I said get in. <laughs> oh, the late reference. The last quote I had from Dolly Parton on this, which I thought was really cool. Uh, you don't really know. Uh, you just hope and you have faith. That's what faith is. I think it's not the end of me. I don't think it's the end of any of us. I think we're recycled. And if nothing else, we just go back into that great flow of divine energy. And hopefully we spread ourselves around in other wonderful ways. But this mm. is certainly a way of solidifying her her place. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good quote. Posthumously. Very, very dolly. <laughs> Posthumously. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so that was the Dolly Parton corner. That's starting to become a pretty regular podcast uh, discussion as Dolly Parton, I find. So we sh- we didn't have a straight talk this time, but we mentioned him a whole bunch. Yeah. So that's good enough. So we'll add uh, a Dolly Parton corner. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Pile it in there with all the Steve Earle quotes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't done one of those in a while. Straight talk, Steve Earle quotes, and <laughs> Dolly Parton corner. We had a pre-discussion about Steve Earle. Was that on? Was that? Did we record that? No. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's not worth revisiting. No. Nope. <laughs> Everyone will have to guess what that was about. <laughs> we should. We should talk about Steve Earle more, more in depth at one point. Yeah, that, that's that's probably a couple episodes worth. <laughs> All right. Well, you're gonna crush another one of those non-alcoholic beers. Absolutely not. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Two is my carbohydrate limit for the day. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to finish this real beer. <laughs> yeah, you do it. I'm going <laughs> to sit here and just watch you drink it longingly. Oh, boy, sounds like it's going to be a fun night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Country, country music.